Yo, today's QOD is you have to listen to your soul. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quarter of the Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxon of SeanCroxon.com. We got Dr. Wayne W. Dyer on the show, and he's going to talk about the greatest battle you will ever fight, which is simply to be yourself. Are you really being yourself? You know, I taught a class to my EMI Plus students last week, and, um, you know, we talked about love and connection. We talked about how so many of us don't move forward in life because we're so attached to our current circle of friends and how we don't want to deal with criticism. We don't want to deal with their lack of support. And so what we do is we become corrupt. And what I mean by that is that we're just fighting to stay in our relationships. We don't want to let them go. But the thing is, like, you're not really being who you are in your relationships anyway. I mean, really think about that. Your friends, if you want to be more than you are right now, your friends, if you're not doing the thing, don't even know who you really are because you're not being that person. You are bringing yourself down so many levels because you're afraid to rise because of what people are going to think about you. So think about how it's going to feel. Yes, it's going to be painful to maybe move on from some of your circles, right? Doesn't doesn't mean you have to like get rid of all of your friends by, by any means. Like I don't recommend that, but to start to become more open to attracting new people into your life, to doing new things, right? And so it's just something to reflect on today. You know, are you holding on to relationships while at the same time, they really don't know who you are? Are you suppressing your real self just to keep people in the room? Dr. Wayne Dyer, he's coming up. Here we are with E.E. E. Cummings, another favorite poet. He said, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you just like everybody else means to fight the greatest battle there is to fight and never stop fighting. This is how the poets think. It's about going beyond average. It's about going beyond ordinary. It's about recognizing your own divinity. It's about understanding that there's something inside of you that is calling you. It's your spirit, it's your soul. And your soul, your spirit, is here in the distance between here and here. And your soul wants something very, very different than your physical body ego apparatus wants. It, it's really, it's not interested in fitting in. It doesn't care whether you're right. It doesn't care whether people like you. It doesn't care about whether you're a good citizen or not. I wrote these words out the other night. Let me share them with you. It says, I said, <laughs> The ideal, because I'm going to write about this, the ideal of the soul 
The thing that it asks for is neither knowledge, nor light, nor happiness. The ideal of the soul is space. The ideal of the soul is immensity. The one thing it needs is to be free to expand, to reach out, to embrace the infinite. Yeah, the ideal of the soul is infinity. It is miserable when it is circumscribed and restricted. The soul is not finite. What is finite? Finite means it has a beginning and it has an end, doesn't it? So it's, that's it, it stops here and it's finite. It, the opposite of finite is infinite, infinite. And what is infinite? What does it mean when something is infinite? It means that it is always expanding, right? It doesn't stop any place. It is always growing. It's like the universe. It's just infinite. What do you think's at the end of the universe? Just try to imagine a finite universe. And we come up with, well, what would be at the end of it? <laughs> and what we think is at the end of it is what? What is there, a wall? <laughs> if there's a wall at the end of the universe, the poet would ask, what's on the other side? <laughs> And where does that end? So there's getting in touch with this infinite part of ourselves is really the part of us that says, there was a song that was popular when my mother was a young woman. It was called, Don't Fence Me In. <laughs> oh, give me land, lots of land, and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Remember that song? All the old folks singing. My daughter's looking at me, what is he going to do now? He's going to embarrass me. <laughs> we don't want to be fenced in. Now, before I had any children, I had eight theories about how to raise children. <laughs> I even wrote about them. Now, we have eight children. I have no theories. <laughs> but the one thing I know about raising children is this that nobody likes being told what to do. <laughs> right, Sage? <laughs> I was telling the story of uh, you, honey, um, on Mother's Day, one year at a restaurant where we were all there, my mother, Marcy's mom and dad, and we were all there. And, and um, Sage is, um, in a lot of ways, like me, the, the, what I call the... I tell this story at every talk, so I might as well hear it. That's the scurvy elephant. When I was in the foster home back in Mount Clemens, when I was about six or seven years old, I came home from school, and Mrs. Scarf, who ran this home, had this home that a bunch of us lived. And I came home and I asked her, what's a scurvy elephant? And she said, a what? And she said, a scurvy elephant. I mean, I said, and she said, well, where did you hear that? I said, well, I heard Mrs. Poole, who was my third grade teacher, talking to the principal, and she said that uh, Wayne Dyer was in her classroom and that he was a scurvy elephant. So she got on the phone, called the principal, and the principal said, oh, no. And she said, that's Wayne. He gets everything mixed up. 
She didn't say that he was a scurvy elephant in her classroom. She said that he was a disturbing element <laughs> in her classroom. <laughs> and I always love to say that. So a scurvy elephant is, uh, and my teacher, Abraham Maslow, used to always say to us, um, you know, the, the, the number one marker of self-actualizing people is their, uh, their independence of the good opinion of other people. They're just not interested in being told what to do. I watched on the, um, on my iPad, <laughs> which I just got, um, and it, um, it had a, uh, uh, a commencement address by uh, Steve Jobs at Stanford University. It was a 15-minute, and I just sat there, and before I meditated, I <clears throat> listened to what he had to say, this immensely scurvy elephant who really, I mean, just passed away a few weeks ago, and, um, you know, many of his biographers now saying that he's up there with uh, Thomas Edison and Benjamin Franklin and uh, Alexander Graham Bell, people like that. I mean, he really changed who we are as a people and how we communicate with each other. And his advice to the whole graduating class at Stanford was, don't live somebody else's dharma. Don't listen to that inner calling. And whatever it calls you to do, listen to it. And don't pay attention to anybody telling you what's possible or what's not possible. Or just <clears throat> fight for it. Sage was at Mother's Day and... I don't even remember what it was that she wanted to wear or didn't want to wear, but um, it had something to do with dresses and skirts and slacks. And I remember that Mother's Day walking in the parking lot with Sage for 45 minutes or so, talking to her about, um, I know exactly how you feel and how you think. I said, but there's a lot of people who think that you should maybe wear something nice. It's Mother's Day and it's a restaurant. I said, but... Uh, you don't have to go back in there. We'll go home and get something afterwards if you want. And uh, she just give me that, you know, I don't want to do this. And why should I be told what to wear? And I understood that. I understood it very strong. And she's still doing that. <laughs> but it also serves people very, very well. This idea that um, I'm going to listen to that voice. And we all have it. And when we have this voice, and this voice has passion associated with it that is when you feel a strong passion towards what it is that you want to become what you want to create the kind of person that you intend to to be when you have that within you um it doesn't make any difference whether anybody else understands it or gets along with it you don't even try to talk to anybody else about it you just listen to it, and you become a disturbing element. You become a scurvy elephant in the world. And, and it's the only way you'll ever feel fulfilled. You won't get it by, by fitting in. That was Dr. Wayne W. Dyer. His website is drwaynedyer.com. You can watch today's entire talk on the YouTube. It is called When You Start Thinking Like This, You'll Win, Dr. Wayne Dyer motivation. All right, my friend. Hey, pick up some merch. We got teas for you. We got coffee mugs. We got stickers. We got hoodies. We got pullovers. We got zip ups. We got all kinds of cool stuff over for you at the QOD merch store. Go to seancroxton.com slash 
merch. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. 